homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets podcast. And me, your host, Jeff Clark. I got a college football, Outkick's college football football guru here on Zoom to help me break down some of these New Year's Eve 6 bowl games and a couple other bowl games. But uh, uh, making his Outkick Bets debut, the great Grayson Weir. What up, Grayson? Well, Jeff, it's good to be here. It's been a long time coming, but we're making it happen at the uh, at the buzzer here, getting it done before the, the biggest games of the year. Yeah, I threw out the idea of you coming on my Outkick Bets podcast back in like September when we both started with Outkick, but I haven't done a college football betting podcast uh, the whole season. Um, I, I more or less, we, we've talked about this, we slack all the time about our college football bets and uh, I try to pick your brain because I know, honestly, I know maybe a tenth of college football like you do. Um, but I, I more or less parachute into the college football season. That's what I'm doing here. I, I, I usually do well in the college football playoff, but I, uh, I bet pretty heavily college football come conference title games and and some of the bowl games if I can, you know, figure it all out with the opt outs and transfer portal stuff. So that's that, the trickiest part: figuring out which team cares the most. I know that's by far the trick, and then even even when you find teams like in the case of like Ole Miss last night in Texas Tech, Ole Miss. I know you're you're an Ole Miss alum, right? I am. Yeah, we don't need a. Oh God, that was that was ugly. But go ahead. No, but like I believe Ole Miss was fully motivated for that game, and I think they in a weird way put their best foot forward. But Lane Kiffin made a lot of questionable coaching decisions in my in my opinion and Texas Tech capitalized on said coaching decisions so like even when you find motivation um and good opt-out scenarios like you you know it's football anything could happen type shit so any given Saturday yeah that was ugly that game was ugly from start to finish but it's okay I'm not gonna let a uh half full bowl game in in the middle of nowhere Texas Houston is not the middle of nowhere, but still, I'm not going to let a half-filled bowl game in the middle of nowhere, Texas, uh, ruin my week. So we're moving on, and now we're going to we're going to make some money this weekend with the playoff and and some of the New York Six games. I got to call you out though on some bullshit that you pulled yesterday. Uh, me and you were going back and forth on Kansas, Arkansas for I don't know for like 20 minutes over the course of a couple of days. But I was under the impression that you either were betting Kansas or had a very heavy lean towards Kansas. And (laughs) I'm texting with you back and forth in the middle of the game. Kansas went down three scores. Maybe uh, I think they went down four scores at one point. And I'm talking about you live. I'm talking about live betting Kansas and how hopefully they can get in the back door. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm on the Hawks. That's like, oh, oh, shit, Grayson, the knife in the back. I knew that was. I knew this was coming, and I I came prepared with the receipts, but I'm not even going to go become. I'm not even going to pull them out. Um, I was. I yeah. I was. I was a heavy Kansas lean for a very long time until yesterday morning, right about an hour or two before kickoff. I sat down and just looked at the numbers, and uh, I, I looked at what Arkansas did to Ole Miss back a couple months ago, and it was hard for me not to pull for the SEC. Um, and and what Arkansas, you know, could be, and they were for what three and a half quarters of that game. They were just making yeah. dominant, and then uh, pulled a classic Arkansas move. But hey, you were on the right side of the number. I was on the right side of the number. It all worked out in the end. Amazing, right? We both won. I was freaking out over the targeting calls. I was freaking out of the comeback performance. I honestly, 
I was walking my dog for the entire first quarter, so I saw none of Kansas peeing down their leg. So I just, I mean, I followed the game cast on the app or on Yahoo Sports app, and I was texting you. I knew it was terrible, but like when I started watching the game, Kansas looked good. I was like, oh shit, this is the team that I bet on. Let's go. Um, they really came out of nowhere, and that's—I mean, credit to him. That Lance Leopold has got it. He's got something going there in in uh, Lawrence, and they're starting to, you know, come into their own. And and it was just a matter of Arkansas got up big and stopped caring, and Kansas was like, "Well, we're here. We might as well finish this out." And sure enough, I mean, they came as close as they could. Word, but I'm just busting your chops about the pick stuff, just because <laughs> like I do a lot of the same stuff in the in in, in the sense that it's like I feel differently as the week progresses towards a football game. And honestly, like I get the most confident, probably like a half an hour, an hour before the game actually kicks off. Um, Yeah. I'm the same way. And especially with these bowl games, these things move and shake so much with who's playing, who's not playing. What, you know, what do they wear during warmups? Like you just never know. And right up until that, that ball is uh, headed down the second half and, and kickoffs underway. Unfortunately for me, though, I am not unfortunately. I love the job that I have, but I am the sports betting guy here at Outkick. So, like, I can't produce content 20 minutes before kickoff. Like, I have to, like, come up with a bet uh, the day of earlier that morning. So, like, sometimes I feel differently about my bets or after I hear a different opinion, differing opinion, I, I want to switch here or there. Usually I'm pretty locked in and you know, like I, 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 I study this shit and I'm pretty passionate about it. But like in the NBA last night, I was two and one had my first winning day in like a couple days. And I didn't put any of the picks public. Cause it was just like, I'm not running well right now. I'm going to wait until 10 minutes before tip off. I'm going to make these bets. So, um, but you did make some picks here that you're willing to give out to the outkick bets listeners that we can, and the, the following games are going to discuss, right? I'm yeah, I'm ready to rock and roll. I mean, this, this admittedly, I have been back and forth in these games more than I have in the last, you know, since the playoff came into existence in 2015, these are going to be super interesting games, but uh, as square as my picks may be, and and some of them may be pretty square, I'm feeling pretty good, uh, mm-hmm. which is always you know an unsettling feeling to feel good. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but I feel pretty good. Well, in the six games that I have to talk about, and by any means uh, or by all means, jump in um, with another game or another pick as we go along here, Grayson, if you have one. But I have uh, six picks. And six games that we're going to discuss, three underdogs and and three favorites. So I got a good a good little bet slip working on here. But let's talk about the first game that I have action and I kind of want your thoughts on uh, the Sun Bowl Pittsburgh versus UCLA kicks off. Uh, excuse me, Friday, uh, December thirtieth. We're recording this podcast uh, Thursday morning in the Pacific Standard Time. Um, where is it being played? The Sun Bowl. It's Help me out here. You know this shit. El Paso. Right. El Paso, Texas. Um, you know what? I overlooked this yesterday in the Texas Tech Ole Miss handicap that I did. But the Big 12 has won now seven straight Texas Bowls. Wow. Um, and the Pac-12 owns the ACC in the Sun Bowl. 
they've beaten them seven out of the last nine meetings than these two conferences have went head to head. Um, the numbers kind of getting away from me though, Grayson, UCLA opened as four point favorites. They're now up to seven and a half. Um, the movements to me, pretty obvious, like the market's kind of figuring out who's going to play and who's not going to play. And now that the game's getting closer, more and more money's coming in. And and now the the book's got to adjust, right? I think a lot of the sharps get down early when they found out that, Pittsburgh was going to have the opt outs that they have and, 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 um, and, and starting quarterback Keaton Slovis ended up transferring to, to BYU. But right now UCLA is at minus seven and a half. So it's more of a lean. I took it at six and a half. I am going to give out a teaser later in this podcast with a few of the other picks that I have here. But what do you think of this matchup and what side would you play at the current price? I also got them at six and a half. So the fact that it keeps moving towards UCLA um, is interesting, but I think it's pretty telling. Uh, This is the time of year where some of these bowl games, we get these random blowouts and where teams just come in and dominate. I mean, yesterday with Arkansas, obviously that, that changed things, but that was going to be one of those games where they just, the better team came in, come in and, and, and blow them out. I think that's going to be the case with UCLA. UCLA is a very good team. They had a legitimate shot down the stretch. They just kind of choked it away to get to the Pac-12 championship and potentially the playoff. You know, they struggled. They couldn't beat USC, whatever. But Pittsburgh's not going to be very good this offensively at the, at the very least um, in this game without Slovis, you know, without a lot of a lot of players on really both sides of the ball, but mostly on offense. Can you I say the running see... back's name? The first team all ACC Israel. Oh man, it's so it's so messed up. I don't want to ruin this kid's name, but I can't pronounce. I, I try not to Kanda? do it. Too. I I think it's Ab. Yeah, I think it's Abani Kanda. I think. Okay. All right. Um, but, but to I, your point, yeah, he's gone. Push. We'll call him. We'll call him Izzy. Izzy, um, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like UCLA is fully healthy, and. They're going to have most of their players playing, including, I believe, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He's been taking all the snaps in the week leading up. Chip Kelly has alluded to the fact that he is going to play. We obviously don't know until that first snap. If if UCLA goes out there without Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I like Pittsburgh to cover seven and a half. For if sure. UCLA goes out there with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, as of this recording is currently expected to be the case, I think it's going to be a, a pretty big trouncing. Um, they've been relatively unaffected by the transfer portal and opt-outs, like I said. Thompson Robinson is just an – I mean, he's an incredible athlete. And he, for him, where you might question the motivation, he's looking to put out one last piece of tape where he shows NFL teams why they should come get him and why he's worth an early-round pick. Um, so I think he's going to come out guns blazing. I think he's going to run all over Pittsburgh's defense and that's no insult to Pittsburgh's defense. They're very good. They're only averaging or they're only giving up like 320 ish yards per game. Um, so it's not like they're weak. I, I just think you've got Zach Charbonnet, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Jake Bobo. If all three of those guys are playing as expected, that UCLA offense is going to be hard to stop. So I would lean towards UCLA seven and a half. Um, but I have them at six and a half like you do. Um, DTR is, I think he's going to play. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised 
if they took him out in the second half, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it's a close game when they took him, or I would be surprised if it was a close game when they took him out. Like, I think if UCLA is rolling, then yeah, maybe, you know, let him wave to the crowd or whatever, like hang out with the homies on the sideline. But like, this is the culmination of Chip Kelly's first five seasons at UCLA, I believe. Um, yeah. DTR has been his starting quarterback for most of those games. I was a little fuzzy on on his freshman year. I think he, I think he took over the starting job somewhere in his freshman year. Otherwise, he's I mean he's pretty much a five year starter, and him practicing with the first team and opting in, I think is reflective of how he wants to leave UCLA in Chip Kelly. And to your point about wanting to show out for uh, NFL scouts. Players like him, quarterbacks like him, are going to be in higher commodity in the NFL draft because of these um, these these RPOs and these college based offenses and play uh, and strategies making their way into the NFL program. So, like, you think Tyler Huntley backs up Lamar Jackson? Well, Philadelphia, uh, granted, Gardner Minshew is an awesome backup, but like, ideally, they might want a DTR who could do similar stuff to Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts goes out of the lineup, so like he he is legit playing for I don't know maybe he's I don't you could speak to this more than me maybe he's projected as a fourth round guy maybe he can get to the third or second round you know what I mean so like I think he's playing um, Pittsburgh's run defense according to the num to my numbers is nasty but All American defensive tackle not going to butcher his name he opted out. All ACC linebacker, another name I won't butcher, <laughs> he also opted out of this game. So, like, is Pitt's recruiting and depth good enough to overcome those opt-outs? And again, this is more something that you can speak to. I'm going to say no. I'm going to guess no. I'm going to say no also. I, I feel really good about UCLA in this game. Right. Um, of all the picks we're going to make today. Of course, this will come back and bite us, right? Because this is where we're both on the same side and we're both pretty confident. Um, I feel pretty good about the Bruins. And that comes as someone who, you know, I have a bias against the Bruins. I'm a USC fan. Like, I don't like UCLA. But for me to come out and say, like, hey, the Bruins are cooking, the Bruins are good, this offense, I mean, they're averaging 500 yards per game. That's ridiculous. So even if Pittsburgh's defense with these opt-outs can hold them to 400 yards a game, Pittsburgh's offense isn't going to put up the 400 yards a game to match that number. So UCLA by a touchdown, or in this case, uh, 10 points seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah. Um, and we'll move on to the to the Orange Bowl here, but um, I am going to circle back on this game and just mention it again because I do have it in a rare but, but – um, rare and square college football teaser. You don't usually want to t- um, tease college football games. At least that's what all the people who make money professionally betting football would say. But uh, I feel good about UCLA tease down. I feel good about the next game here, the Orange Bowl tease down or teasing Clemson down. Right now, Clemson um, against Tennessee in the Orange Bowl, obviously in Miami Hard Rock Stadium Friday. I believe that's a Friday game, right? Um, Clemson right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, who is the the great sponsor of this podcast. Clemson's minus six against uh, Tennessee, plus six and a half. Um, we know a lot of Tennessee fans here working out OutKick. Um, obviously, Clay Travis is, lives in Tennessee and is a big Tennessee fan. 
Um, but Dabo, Dabo Sweeney is easy, easy money in uh, bowl games. Honestly, like, I've made more money betting Clemson football than any other football team in, in college football or NFL um, over the last, like, probably five, six years. Since Deshaun Watson's first year as Clemson starter, they've been my most f- profitable football team in college wow. and the pros. Like, I just... That says a lot. I love Clemson. Like, I do. I love betting them. Like, they've came through for me so many times. So, um, I, and I also believe, and I wrote this in my my, my uh, handicap for, for OutKick, um... I believe Clemson Clemson's offense has gotten addition by subtraction going from DJ to, to Cade uh, Klubnik. I'm not going to pronounce DJ's last name. He is a Long Beach guy. I followed him in recruiting. I was a big fan of him. I, I've Personally, I've given him the benefit of the doubt the whole way through, but we've seen how Cade, how Cade performs or how, how he did perform in the ACC game as first ever career start five-star quarterback the, the the number one recruited quarterback at a high school a couple years ago or last year and the offense just looked better and granted maybe unc's defense sucks but is tennessee's defense good i i don't know that it is right i mean it's most prominent win was against alabama I'm pretty sure alabama scored 49 points granted alabama is a sick offense better than clemson sure but like i think Tennessee needs to win shootouts and I don't think they have the guns to win the shootout. And I do think Clemson's defense, they're going to get stops. Like their run defense is too good. And I know you can speak to this a lot better than me, of course, but like how profitable is Joe Milton backing Joe Milton over the past, I don't know, his whole career. So I'm on Clemson here, minus six. I'm also going to include it in the three-team teaser with UCLA, but how are you assessing this game? I think this is going to be one of the best games of bowl season. I think it's really okay. – like this minus six is a great spread because it's going to be either team by a touchdown. Sharp number think, for sure. Yeah, so I – this one's conflicted for me. Um, I want to go Clemson. My gut tells me to go Clemson because – Klubnik is better than Uyangalele. Like their offense is rolling. Um, <clears throat> Will Shipley should be playing. I mean, he he's I think ninety yards away from becoming the Clemson's like ninth ever twelve hundred yard rusher. Um, hmm. All of those things would lead me to bet Clemson. However, <laughs> okay, Miles Murphy and Trenton Simpson opted out for Clemson's defense. I think both of those guys are crucial components to that defense. And like you said, a shootout. If Tennessee's going to win, this game's got to be a shootout. So while my gut tells me to go Clemson, I think Brew McCoy is good enough to get this job done and to put up big numbers. And, I mean, he was the team's second leading receiver this year. He's got third on the depth chart on the depth chart coming into the season. Correct. Do you say that again? He was third on the, on the depth chart coming into the season, right? It was behind Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. who both opted out. Yep. yep. Uh, But I don't think that that's a huge deal because Tennessee's wide receiver core is deep. I mean, they had a bunch of guys who Heupel's brought in recently. And then even before Heupel, uh, that wide receiver position was a emphasis, a point of emphasis for Tennessee. Um, 
So while my gut says Clemson, I think six and a half, right? It's it. I have, I actually, I'm on two sides here. So I have Clemson at four and a half, but I think I'm going to bet Tennessee again on the opposite side of things. It's up to six and a half, right? I've seen six at DraftKings, but if you shop around, I think it's a well, we don't shop around. You should not. You should not use any other book than DraftKings because DraftKings is best in the game, and they effectively Uh, that promotion effectively pays for my employment. So yeah, please use DraftKings and use (laughs) our link at outkick dot com backslash bet. Um. Okay. So the six numbers. The six numbers interesting. I'm gonna hang the points with Tennessee. I think Tennessee loses by a field goal in a shootout. So I'm going to hang the points with Tennessee. Joe Milton's good. He's, I mean, he's got an arm. He's got enough in him to throw the deep ball once or twice to catch, you know, Clemson's secondary off, off of their game. Um, so I'm going to hang six Tennessee, but I'm on Clemson at four and a half. So it's, it's kind of a, a tricky situation here where I think it's going to fall somewhere in the middle. It's going to be a close game. And I know that's counterintuitive, not super helpful for all of you listening at home. Um, but I, I think this one's going to be of all the games. If you're going to skip one of them, uh, skip this one. Cause I think it's going to be awesome and a lot of fun to watch, but I'm, I'm going to go Tennessee plus six. Well, I appreciate you listen, letting the outkick bets listeners into the lab and kind of seeing how you do things. Cause that is some pretty sharp, betting logic right you got a nice little middle are you are you is it equal bets on one side or are you going to take more of the six or lay more of the four and a half now that it's up to six i'm actually going to lay more of the six and i know that's not a huge window four and a half to six that's tricky it's not gotcha okay not a field goal it's not whatever but i'm i think i'm going to head with this this six i i've talked myself into tennessee over the last little bit here when i was really crunching the numbers this morning i i don't think Clemson's defense with Murphy and Simpson out will be able to to hang with Tennessee throwing the deep ball. They're going to go quick. They're going to tire tire Clemson out. Clemson hasn't seen the pace that Tennessee runs all year. I'm I'm going to hang I'm going to hang Clemson or I'm sorry Tennessee plus six. I might even cash out that Clemson four and a half. Oh wow, you've came that far on it. Not even going for the middle anymore. Just a straight up volunteer plus the points. I like volunteers plus the points and I could regret that. And I, and again, like if you're going to skip one of these games, uh, this is the one to do it. I think this game is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Fair enough. Or, I mean, we're oppo, but all good. Your, your analysis makes sense. The only not pushback, but rebuttal I have to what you said, um, is Tennessee lost two of its four all conference players and Clemson lost two of its 12 all conference players. Right. Yep. And Clemson has been a defensive NFL factory over the past couple of years. So, yeah, Miles Murphy, I think, is going to be first round, maybe even a top 10 pick. The other kid, Trenton Simpson, you know, he he's going to probably be a first or second round pick, maybe even third round. But he's a name that everyone should expect to see in the pros in the starting lineups or in a starting lineup. So they are good players. It is a bit of concern, but I think if any team can retool on the fly or not even on the fly. I mean, Clemson Dabo Sweeney knew these guys were going to opt out for a while. Right. So, you know, they're going to be working in four or five star recruits into the defense. So, but your points are valid and, 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 and they are good or strong as well. And the other, the only other thing is, 
you know, there's an expression I'm sure you've heard and I'm sure the listeners have heard in sports betting called, uh, or, or that goes like public dogs get slaughtered and more of the money, more of the action is on Tennessee. And part of my, my reasoning for that is just, I think the casual college football fan hasn't really like sunk its teeth into the Clemson's change in quarterback. And yep. so maybe they just give Josh Heupel massive credit for being an offensive guru and thinks he can overcome the Hendon Hooker injury with, with weeks of prep. And that's pretty much what we're at odds with here. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Like, again, you're, you're a much stronger college football mind than me, but. Oh, I don't know. I mean, again, this game is the one that I've been back and forth on and back and forth on and probably will continue to be right up until kickoff. But in this current moment, and I think I'm going to stick with it, I'm going to hang the points with Tennessee. I think this is going to be a shootout, and I think it's going to be really fun and really close either way. Okay, and unlike what you did with Kansas, Arkansas, maybe text me before when you like you figure it out specifically. No, I'm st- I'm sticking with Tennessee on this one. I just I okay. just I talked myself into this one. I like the dog here. All right, let's uh, let's go to uh, New Orleans, right? New Orleans, where they play the Sugar Bowl, Alabama yep. versus Kansas State. Uh, Alabama, right now, let me get over to DraftKings. Is six and a half point favorites. Uh, heavy juice, so it looks like it's going to hit the key number of seven. Kansas State, they what are they? They they won the they won the Big Twelve championship over TCU, right or no? It sure did. It TCU's sure. only loss. I had that. I had Kansas plus the points. I don't know why I spaced out on that real quick, but I guess the first question I have for you is. Um, so Alabama uh, uh, Heisman winning quarterback last year's Heisman winning quarterback Bryce Young. Top five pick Will Anderson and, and and sensational running back Jameer Gibbs all opted in. Um, so my question is, if they all opted in, why isn't Bama minus nine? I don't know. That's <laughs> isn't that's that scary? Fishiest. It is. That's that's exactly what I keep thinking about. Why is why is the spread as close as it is? What does Vegas know that we don't? What is what is this line about? Because Alabama, yeah. in my opinion, I'm all over the tide. I think you play them up to seven, eight and a half. I think Alabama sweeps Kansas State out of New Orleans pretty pretty handily here. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Kansas State is a very good team. I, I'm not discrediting the Wildcats. I think you made a bunch of money off of them this year too. I, I have. I've been on. I've been on Kansas State a lot this year, and I continue to like Kansas State as a program. I don't think that they can hang with Alabama. I just don't. I mean, I will happily eat my words on this one if I'm wrong, but I would feel really dumb going the other way and and having to eat my words on Kansas State because Alabama, I mean, these they've got everybody playing. I know Will Anderson Jr. is on a snap count, but does that matter if he's in the game at all? He's a, he's a playmaker. Doesn't matter. Yes, they've had to prepare for, you know, Adrian Martinez and Will Howard. Does that really matter? It doesn't really matter. Um, Deuce Vaughn, very good running back doesn't matter when you have Will Anderson Jr. there to come down and beat him in the hole. So I think Alabama just wipes the floor with Kansas State, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people feeling the same way. Um, and Kansas State might pull the upset of bowl season because that, in my opinion, would be the biggest upset of bowl season. Um, but I, I think Alabama runs away with this one. Oh, man, I think I'm going to end up on Kansas State, dude. Will Howard's been too good to that. me. 
if I'll tell you what, if fucking if Adrian Martinez is in this game, I am I am going to mail a bag of my shit to Chris Kleinman. Like it is. Did you? <laughs> so I looked at this. Uh, now I'm now I'm remembering my handicap for Kansas State, um, TCU in the Big Twelve Championship. But Will Howard had a better EPA than 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 Max Max Duggan uh, entering that game, and and I believe he's a it, better passer by a large margin. Yeah, that kid can make some plays. Um, and I thought this was surprising. I, you probably, maybe you know this, or maybe you're going to be as surprised as I am, but Will Howard is a better quarterback rating than Bryce Young. Now, wow. granted, the, the level of competition is much stronger for, for Bryce Young, but like Will Howard started on the bench. Bryce Young started as a Heisman. Like, I... And yeah, I guess it, you could kind of default back to the the strength and competition, but like Kansas State's offense has had balance and has been just legit good since Will Howard has been the starting quarterback. And it's I just I just look at the six and a half and I see Bryce Young and Will Anderson playing. It's just like this. They know they're on a pitch count. They like the, the sharps know they're on a pitch count. There's in the consensus market and pregame dot com. More money is on Kansas State. More bets are on Alabama. So the pros are coming in on Kansas State, and they're keeping that number below the key number. And that's the other thing. It's not. It's not bouncing back from three and a half to five and a half or whatever. It's. It's in between. Like it's below a key number, and the the one way Alabama action should push it above. And the fact that they're not pushing it above, it's kind of like that is the quintessential trap line situation, right? And that's what makes me like, I have stared at this line and seen it. It says trap, trap, trap everywhere. I don't, I don't care in this instance. I just don't see. Fair enough. I think the tide is too much to overcome for Kansas state. And, and again, I love Kansas state. Love what's being built in Manhattan. The little apple is awesome. They're building a good program over there. Chris Kime is awesome. Like they, they're doing everything right in Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah. I just don't know how. Alabama doesn't go in there and make a statement. Hey, why the heck aren't we in the playoff? Why are we stuck with Kansas state? You know, as, as much credit as Kansas state deserves, Alabama looks at Kansas state and goes, ha, what, what is this? I hear you. But I think more importantly, the sports books are going to need Kansas state to cover for, because how That's many true. suckers like me are going to include Alabama in a teaser with Clemson or with UCLA or in a money line parlay with NFL football games, right? Like, yep. like Kansas State is going to be the teaser parlay buster this this week if they cover. If it goes the way you say, which Alabama much much more talented. We don't even have to talk about Nick Saban, right? We all know he's the goat, whatever. So like. They should roll. It's just, it's simply just like kind of a gambling theory play for me. And I just it's noticed, a bet. yeah, I just noticed in the in my Zoom lens, I'm wearing Kansas State purple, and I never gamble like that. And I'm not. That's why I'm just saying it as kind of a joke out the door. But I'm rolling with Kansas State here. I'm gonna do it. It's a sharp bet, and I I could. I mean, there's a there's a scenario in which that happens. I just I think Alabama's too good. <laughs> yeah, and. If you bet with that logic for the past 15 years, you would be a very, very rich man. So I don't hate you. Um, let's go over to the Fiesta Bowl. Um, part of a two-game 
college football playoff, the first round, TCU, vi- I was to say visits, faces um, Michigan, the Big Ten winner. Um, TCU needed a little luck to get in there, right? They needed they needed Michigan to how did it go? They needed Utah to beat USC for for TCU to make the college football playoff, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it. So Michigan's minus seven and a half point favorites. Um, total sitting at fifty eight and a half. I'm gonna write this up for Outkick. It's it's square. I I, I think. If I had to guess, you'd be on the same side, but I'm 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 laying seven and a half with Michigan. Um, I've just seen too many times in these college football first round playoff where the one team that's obviously probably not supposed to be there gets effing housed. They get crushed. Like we saw Alabama do it to Washington a couple of years. We saw, I mean, didn't Georgia just beat the shit out of Michigan last year? Isn't that how that played out? And yeah, they just stomped them. And Michigan actually should have been there. I'm not even hating on Michigan being there. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, again, you, you can speak to this stuff a little bit better than I can. But, like, do you notice a trend in first-round college football playoff blowouts? Or am I just talking out of my ass? No, I mean, that's been the case for a few years. The better team usually wins in the first round. And the, the you know, TCU is great. They had a magical season. They are the team of destiny. If you are trying to bet with your heart and your – you know, soul be all over the Horn Frogs. Like they're the team of destiny. This is their year. Max Duggan does something crazy to earn himself a first round draft pick, you know, something crazy like that. Sure. Fine. Whatever. If you really just love everything about the Horn Frogs and their story this season, that's great. I am with you. Um, I'm not actually going to bet either side here on a team. Um, I'm going to go with the under. I think it's a heavy underplay because if you expect Michigan to win, which the vast majority of people seem to believe that Michigan will beat TCU. What do you uh, believe? See, I I think you don't even have to lay points. I like the brain and the numbers with, with uh, Michigan. I think Michigan's the better team. I think their run game is going to be difficult to stop for TCU. Um, I think, J.J. McCarthy has a chance to do exactly what he did against Ohio State where he played well enough with the deep ball to expose the Buckeyes over top. Um, So I think Michigan wins, um, and I think that if they do, uh, it will – TCU's offensive attack is going to get stifled by a strong Michigan Big Ten defense. Michigan's going to run the ball a ton. Um, They're going to get conservative if they build a lead. They're going to run the clock as much as they can. Um, so I think the under is a good play, but with that being said, if you're someone that thinks TCU is going to win, then you should be on the over because if TCU is going to win, they have to score. I mean, at least 28, 30, 30, 35 points to, to win the game. So if you're betting TCU, take the over. If you're betting Michigan, take the under, I would bet Michigan, um, if I had to pick between the two, but I'm just going to go under here and i think you could play it all the way down to like 55 if you had to no shit all right um well i'm including michigan in my in my little square teaser with clemson and and uh ucla as well getting it down to one and a half but i'm also laying the points with michigan here um i'll just out myself right now i'm a jim harbaugh guy always have been and i think and i talked about this when i took michigan to cover I think I sprinkled on the money line too against Ohio State, where I just think 
the further we get away from the Urban Meyer era in Ohio State, the more the gap widens or Jim Harbaugh begins to separate himself from Ryan Day. No offense to Ryan Day, and Ohio State still recruits like crazy. Spoiler, I'm actually on Ohio State in the next matchup, but like, I do think the Big Ten is, is Harbaugh's conference, and he just he coaches and his teams play the type of philosophy that I believe in. Now, I have there's three tenets of winning football. I think we've talked about this before that I have, which is one, hit the quarterback. Two, all the nerds are going to roll their eyes. Establish the run. And three, bring the nerds back in. Air it the fuck out. Throw it deep, especially with all these penalties. If you throw a 50-50 ball, like there's probably a 33% chance the guy catches it, 33% chance there's a penalty, and a 33% chance the defensive back makes a play on it, right? Like you just got to throw the deep ball. And... J.J. McCarthy throws a really nice deep ball, the, the the Michigan quarterback, and it's pretty easy for him to hit the deep ball when you have Corum and Edwards running the ball really well. And if they could run the ball against Ohio State and in the Big Ten, with all due respect to TCU, I think they're going to run all over TCU. So to your point, if you do like TCU, yeah, you should probably do like a little same-game parlay or a correlated parlay with the over, right? Because... Yep. As square as it sounds, you know, just simply put, I don't think TCU's offense could stop or defense could stop Michigan, right? No, and that's why I would lean Michigan as well. I think seven and a half. I, I wish it was closer to six and a half. Like it opened at six and a half. I wish I had jumped on it then. I think Michigan by a touchdown is a, a pretty comfortable number um, without a doubt. I just wonder if, you know, they get it all the way to that 10. Um, I think they do. Like you said, TCU's defense I think is just going to be completely exposed by Michigan's run game and then when they try to stack the box JJ McCarthy's going to catch him over the top yeah um trying to make a TCU argument see I don't know uh, circling back to what you did say I've I've breezed through or briefed a few mock drafts I don't know how Max Duggan isn't higher than than like, well, where's he projected? I think he's projected like mid to late first round. And if, if that. It, that's not next. That's not the upcoming draft, right? It's the next one. Or is it? No, the he's, upcoming? Coming, he's in, he's going in April. Oh, there's no way he should be behind Will Levis. There's no, no. way him and Anthony Richardson Richardson should be debated on who's a better quarterback prospect. I, I don't know. I know it's sucker shit, but that. That performance that he had in the conference title game was fucking sick. It was sick. And to me, it's like, you know what? That's the kind of guy I want leading my team, especially when you note the athletic plays that he made, the plays with his feet. This kid can move. He's got a bit of, I'm a Giants fan, he's got a bit of Daniel Jones on him, where it's like he's got long strides. You don't think he's moving fast. Dude's pulling away, like running away from the defense. So, like, he's... The white guy cliche, sneaky athletic, right? He's got a pretty good ball and he's makes good decisions. Like I like Max I liked Max Duggan last year for TCU under Gary Gary Patterson's the final year there. And you know, Sonny Dykes has done awesome with him. So like I really like him. And like there is a world where he he balls out and he carries TCU across the finish line against the spread. I don't see them winning here. Um, and, and, and it's, it's mostly because like, 
I do think Michigan has slept on, right? It took him a, it took Harbaugh a little while to get the ball rolling. He burned people early. But if you're being fair and objective about their resume this year, 8-4-1 and one against the spread, plus 4.2 spread differential, plus 27 point per game margin, Michigan's beating the shit out of teams, Grayson. <laughs> they're, they're clubbing teams. Like, they beat every team in the Big Ten by double digits except for Illinois and... Maryland, I believe, like they beat the shit at Ohio State. Like they 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 crushed everyone. So like, I just think you know the market's a little slow, and they're like, ah, I can't be burned by Harbaugh again. But like, I don't know. To me, this is just this is this is Michigan or pass, and, I, and I'm and I'm on Michigan. So yeah, I agree. But again, if you want if you want to be someone that bets with the fun story or like the team of destiny or whatever, it's TCU. But if you want to bet with the numbers and and it's it's Michigan pretty confidently for sure um I like that kid Max all right let's go over to the Peach Bowl here the second uh first round college football playoff with Ohio State playing Georgia um I have a lot of analysis here but the first thing that I'm going to say before I, I, I pick your brain on this one is According to Vison, ninety percent of the money at DraftKings is on Georgia. This this line is stuck at six and a half. Again, going back to the Kansas State thing, it's your quintessential trap spot, right? The difference is Ohio State's got dudes. Like they got stacked with four or five star recruits who are gonna be playing on Sunday, right? Like Kansas State can't really say that, right? They can't. Ohio State can, you know? So they like can. taking Taking a fade in the public with a team like Ohio State is appealing to me, and that's probably going to be the side that I'm on. But what are your thoughts in during the the Peach Bowl? I haven't locked anything in yet because I think that this pick is going to stick at six and a half points. I think the the spread's going to stay there, so it gives you some time to think about it. But like you said, fading the public with a bunch of dudes is appealing. Hmm. It really is. Ohio State's got an offense that could you know, expose Georgia's if there's going to be a team in this playoff that exposes Georgia's defense, it's going to be Ohio state's wide receiver and CJ Stroud. I mean, it's just, it's going to be, because I think if Georgia gets to the national championship, no matter whether they play Michigan or TCU, that defense is too stout when it comes to the run game. The only way that they're going to get beat is if Ohio state can throw that deep ball. And I think that that's, the idea of fading the public with Ohio state is a good one. I, at this moment, and I think it's going to stay this way. I think I'm going to be a square. Georgia's defense defense is awesome. It's so good. And it could make Ohio state's offense, you know, look pedestrian. Um, And I think Ohio state has given Georgia a lot of bulletin board material this week, which you should never, ever do with Kirby Smart or any of Nick, Nick Saban's disciples. Um, what do you speak? Can can you uh, get into specifics? I'm not sure. Yeah, there were a couple moments to. throughout the week where there, I can't remember who exactly it was, but Ohio State said Georgia's not like any team we've seen in the Big Ten, or not unlike any team we've seen in the Big Ten. They, they said wouldn't that they say had, Michigan, right? But they were cool talking about Georgia. Something exactly. like that, right? Okay, all right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Exactly. Um, I just I think Georgia's defense is awesome, um, and I think Stagavius Bennett is is set out to uh, 
you know, make a name for himself again this year. Uh, but with that being said, you know, the, the Ohio state fading the public and, and following CJ, I mean, it's your Heisman trophy finalist. CJ Stroud is awesome. Marvin Harrison jr. Is awesome. Um, I think Ohio State is not a bad pick. I I just think I'm going to end up going. No, I'll lock it in. I'll lock it in. I'm going to go Bulldogs defense six and a half. All right. Yeah. Georgia by a touchdown. I'm I'll lock in Ohio State um, plus six and a half. But based on the one way traffic, I'm hoping like we get to seven. Right. I mean, I guess yep. I'm with the. You know, I gotta, I gotta give, I gotta, I gotta uh, make the bet according to the line right now as we're recording the podcast. Six and a half, and I'll be on it at six and a half, but I'm hoping to get a seven. So, I'm if gonna it's wait. seven, if it's seven, I'm going Ohio State because I'm okay with a the push there. I think, I think Georgia by a touchdown is is a reasonable number, um, but at six and a half, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go dogs. And this makes me sound like an SEC homer going Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, um, but perhaps. Perhaps there's a reason to that. Yeah, well, it's because the SEC is the best football conference in yep. the whole country. <laughs> it's a very specific and 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 solid reason, to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, agreed. SEC is the best football conference in the country, but I don't see six and a half points worth the difference between these two teams. Georgia is first in a net EPA per play, first in net success or success rate. Ohio State. Second in net EPA per play, second in net success rate. Both are great on third down and in the red zone. Ohio State's red zone defense is bad though, so I don't. That certainly doesn't make up the six and a half points. Uh, maybe this game is in Atlanta, right? Maybe there is yep. a bit of a home home crowd advantage. It, it will not be a bit of a home crowd. It will be a significant home crowd. Advantage. I thought there was some sort of rule where a certain amount of tickets are sold to one fan base compared to another. Is that do they find a way well, to cheat is, that? There anyways? is initially, there is initially, okay. and then it's kind of just open. It's going to be a heavy. The dogs will be barking literally because they are grown men that grown men and women that bark like dogs, which I will never understand. God bless. But they will be barking in in Atlanta for sure. It'll be a home game for Georgia. Okay, so six and a half points. Of that, how many do you think are attributed to home field advantage? One or two. I think it's going to okay. be a great game. Okay. I think it's going to be a really good game. And I think either side of this, like you could go either way and make a legitimate case, but I'm, I'm going to hang George's defense at six and a half. But with that being said, if the people listening wait it out and that may or may not be a smart strategy, if you want to get on it now, hop over to DraftKings, use outkick. What is it? Outkick.com backslash bet. Yep. Um, and, and hop on DraftKings and, and get your bets in now at six and a half, but if you're willing to be patient and wait and that number does get to seven, I think Ohio state could push at seven. So you're, you at least have that kind of safety blanket there. If Ohio state and fading the public, like we talked about um, seven makes sense to me, but at six and a half, I think Georgia by a touchdown. I could be, I could be tripping here. I'm gonna make a. I'm gonna make a stance and make a prediction. I think sharp money will come in in Ohio State. I'm gonna. I'll take the six and a half. I think it goes down, yeah. but based on the current betting splits, it should not go in that direction. In fact, if the betting splits stay what they are and it goes in that direction, like, uh, uh oh no, you know, like yeah. that's definitely an Ohio State Panic trap. Mode. The last thing that I will mention though, um, and we've seen. 
in bowl games. Granted, way worse teams, but you know they the the time off while it helps them prep. You know the nerves of the game and 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 the lack of of real game time um, play causes some turnovers. Maybe I'm just scarred a little bit from Kansas, but like Ohio State is much better at taking care of the ball than than Georgia, or at least whether maybe it's force and takeaways. The turnover differential for Ohio State's plus seven. Georgia it's it's minus one, and yep. Georgia. Uh, Ohio State's sack rate is is nuts, and Georgia, their defense is great, but they actually have a low sack rate. Now, you could talk about the competition, better offensive linemen in SEC. How much better is your standard SEC offensive lineman than Ohio State's? That yeah, Ohio State's the exception here. Yeah. You know, Ohio State's a very good team, and I, I, I'm not – advising against Ohio state in this instance, I think fading the public and getting on some dudes, you know, the Buckeyes have dudes like we've talked about makes a lot of sense. I just think Georgia's defense is too good. So this gets into Monday. I want to talk about the Rose bowl with you, Penn state in Utah. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I, and I, I do a, I go to a, uh, a guy I know has an open bar for the national championship every year and I just have a feeling I'm going to end up, on, end up on Michigan here, plus the points against, I say Georgia wins, but Ohio State covers. I think I'm going to end up on Michigan plus the points. How do you see the college football playing out, and where do you see yourself? How do you see yourself betting it? Uh, I, oh, that's such a good question. What I would like, what I think would be fun um, – the most fun outcome is Ohio state, Michigan having those two, because then you've got, you know, the rematch of the game and then Ohio state and Michigan fans are going to be all upset at each other. Why are we playing this game again? We already beat you once. Why does it matter? We'll talk about it for the rest of our lives. Yeah. So that would be absolutely incredible from just the content standpoint. Um, But from a brain standpoint, I think Georgia, Michigan seems to be the consensus and I'm going to continue to go Georgia with a back to back here. Um, I think whoever wins Ohio State, Georgia beats Michigan TCU um, either way. Um, And that's tough because then Georgia goes back to back and it's being super square. And I am not somebody who ever bets square except for this year. I've been more square than I've ever been. Um, And it's paid out okay, so I can't complain. But I'm going to go. There's tears to college football, right? So Definitely. Definitely. Um, but I've been more square than I've ever been this season. And it's it's definitely becoming even more true down the stretch here with these big games. So I'm going to go Georgia over Michigan, and I'm going to go by 10. Fair enough. But I'm not at all, com- I'm not at all confident in that, and I'm not even going to like – I'm not even rooting for that. I I I am just rooting for good games in all f- – three games because we've seen some, some pretty bad stinkers the last couple of years. Um, and so I'd just like four, three good games, but I, I think Georgia's just got the dogs. I mean, literally and figuratively, <laughs> yeah. they're just, just a bunch of maulers there on defense. And no one did it. We have to, cause this guy never gets the credit he deserves. Stets, Stetson Bennett could ball. Um, yes. He's a, he's a, he's an awesome story. And I also kind of, I like taking the less athletic quarterbacks rushing prop in game. So I might be over Stetson. I, I cashed a couple Stetson Bennett rushing props because it's like 
sneaky athletic white guy. Dude can run a little bit, and he's willing okay. to. And and in big games, he's gonna run if he needs to. And I I do think Ohio State's. I think also Ohio State, whether whether or not Georgia ends up pulling away and covering, I think Ohio State makes them sweat, makes them work. Yep. And Stenson Bennett is gonna have to be good, or he's gonna have to be very good to great to get past Ohio State. So. Um, I'm sure. gonna be looking at his his uh, rushing yards and 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 he's Stetson Bennett is underrated and he's good enough um, to 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 frankly lead Georgia to back to back titles. So, but let's talk about uh, the Monday. Or I think this is Monday Rose Bowl, Penn State versus uh, Utah. Um, I got to this one literally like five minutes before we started recording. I- I'm taking the points of Penn State. Um, Wow, so that makes me really worried because I also was going to go Penn State with the points. Um, what, what do you think? I just think Penn State forces a lot of mistakes. They are they keep other teams on their toes. They have a pretty solid turnover differential. Um, and if you force, as we've seen all season, if you force Utah into making mistakes, they're really beatable. If Utah plays perfect like they did um, in the first USC game, um, really even in the second USC game, but really the first USC game, they were perfect in that game in Utah and they won pretty handily. Uh, but if you force Utah into a fumble or two or an interception or two, um, I think I think they're a very beatable team. And Penn State does a good job of creating chaos in the backfield. Uh, Sean Clifford, I think, is my only question mark here. Love the guy because he's just like one of those classic college football dudes that just refuses to graduate. In some games, he's awesome. Some games, he's absolutely terrible. Um, I think this will be one of those games where I mean, I'm really excited about it. It's an awesome uniform matchup. It's the Rose Bowl. It's going to be, you know, it's going to rain a little bit in California this weekend. It should be a beautiful 65, 70 degree day on Monday. It's going to be like just everything perfect about the Rose Bowl. But I think Penn State is going to win like by a field goal, maybe a touchdown, because uh, they're going to force two or three more turnovers than Utah. Yeah, I um, I like a lot of the analysis and to kind of add to it, more bets, more money are on Utah. In my opinion, Utah has been and is the hipster pick. Um, I faded them week one against Florida, sprinkled on the Florida money line. Florida ended up beating them, outgained um Utah by one yard per play and Florida's not even that good and they've probably been probably the best defense Utah has played all year um they haven't they haven't played a defense that's in the universe of Penn State Penn State's defense seventh in line yards per snap allowed seventh seventh excuse me in points per play allowed fifth in yards per play allowed 12th and third down conversion rate allowed six in red zone scoring rate allowed and I would I would be excited about taking the points of Penn State versus a fully loaded Utah team they're missing running back Tavian Thomas and and just sensational tight end Dalton Kincaid and I Cameron Rising the 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 Utah quarterback can play a little bit but again it's like against Penn State's defense I'm they'll be missing Joey Porter he opted out but like Otherwise, they're nasty. And like Utah, again, has been a hipster pick, whereas I just view Penn State as kind of flown under the radar in the Big Ten. Ohio State and Michigan, clearly better than them, right? They were never going to win the Big Ten over those two teams. 
Penn State has beaten every Big Ten team by double digits except for Ohio State and, and, and University of Michigan. It's it's clear it's Michigan, Ohio State up there, and then Penn State, I would even say it's in its own tier than the rest of the Big Ten. And yep. frankly, I think Utah is in the rest of the Big Ten had if they were to relocate in that conference. So I like that breakdown. And I think the biggest point there, I love me some Cam Rising. Thick boy seven. I love I love watching him play. I love his nickname. I love everything about the guy. Uh, but without Kincaid to, to check down to, he does that a lot. That's there. They put Kincaid in the flat and they just let him go. Um, I think that's going to be a huge loss for Utah's offense against a stout Penn State defense. I think that's where it will come down to, where Cam Rising is going to get a little uncomfortable because he doesn't have his go-to check down guy. And that's where Penn State will make Utah make those mistakes. Um, and and win this game down the stretch. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to come, you know, to the fourth quarter. But I think in the fourth quarter, I think Penn, Penn State has a good chance of pulling away with 14, 21 points in the fourth quarter. Oh shit! All right. Um, well, my bet slip for bet slip for the games that we've discussed. I, I, I lean UCLA seven and a half, but I'm going to tease UCLA with uh, Michigan and 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 Clemson. Um, all three of them down. I'm going to lay it with Clemson minus six right now. Lay it with Michigan minus seven and a half. Um, I'm on Ohio State plus six and a half, Kansas State plus six and a half, and Penn State plus two. Do you have any other games or bets that you want to give out real quick? Or I guess what is your what is your bet slip looking like that you feel comfortable uh, giving out to the to the masses? Yeah, So so what we went through so far – I also like UCLA seven and a half. I have them at six and a half. I like them at seven and a half. I am going to stick with Tennessee at plus six, Alabama six and a half, Penn State two, uh, Fiesta Bowl. I think you hammer the under if you're on Michigan. I think you go over if you're on TCU, but I think Michigan's the pick. Georgia, uh, I love their defense. I love what they're going to continue to do on defense at six and a half. And then again, staying with this SEC homerism, and this was all unintentional. I'm not an SEC homer guy. I'm not somebody who roots for the conference. You know, when they do the SEC chance, like, that's not me. I don't care if the SEC wins as long as my team wins. With that being said, uh, I think LSU is going to beat the ever-living hell out of Purdue on, uh, is that Tuesday, I think? Um they are just going to wipe the floor with them. Purdue's in transition with their coach. Like they don't know what the heck is going on with their coaching staff. Their quarterbacks opted out. Vast majority of their weapons on both sides of the balls is, is either not playing or uh, injured. So they're not playing. Um, I, I just, I don't see how LSU outside of Keishon Boutte, you know, opting out and going pro. I don't think that even matters because he wasn't that big of, he was a factor most certainly, but not a huge factor for the Tigers this year. Him and Jaden Daniels did not connect. I think LSU is just going to wipe the floor with the Boilermakers next week. And I think if you can get on that number now, last I saw it was seven and a half. Um, I don't know what it is in this moment. I guess I could look. Oh no, Um, no, no. It's, it's gotta be though. I thought I saw it at 14. Okay, Hold on. So I, I, it's I 14 still, and a half right now. Okay. So I, okay. Well, I stand by that. Did you bet that. it that early? Cause I, I was all, over, I was all over LSU from the minute that line opened. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, with I, you. I would, I would 
shit if i'm if especially if i'm in if i'm in the black come it, it, it kicks off monday i believe i'm on lsu as well i'm hand up i'm also a brian kelly guy <laughs> part of it is that i think like he's an asshole and people hate him but because they don't like him seemingly that like there's value in betting on him if that makes any sense and absolutely there is um so i'm i'm a I, I like that. I'm gonna. I, I would play it up to honestly 16 and a half. I think. I think I'm with you. I think LSU per, just dump trucks Purdue. I do too. Yeah, you're right. It is a Monday game. I keep forgetting that. I it drives me nuts that we have all these bowl games and then they put the same bowl game. Like we're watching LSU Purdue, which actually neither of us think will be a good bowl game. But on paper, before all of the craziness, that was supposed to be a decent bowl game. We put it on the same time as Tulsa. Geez, easy for me to say. Tulane, USC. Like, what are we doing? Like, like, come on, yeah. stretch it to Tuesday. Give us another, you know, one o'clock on a Tuesday to just enjoy some football. But whatever. Yeah, I, I think LSU wipes the floor with Purdue. I think fourteen and a half. I think up to seventeen and a half. I think it's a three score game. I, I don't think it's even close. All right. Well, I uh, got all your picks for these upcoming bowl games. Got your lean for the college football title game. Truthfully, to the crowd or to the audience. Not sure if I'm going to do a college football uh, national championship preview. So uh, not sure if you're going to hear Grayson again um, until next college football season. But where can people find you and and follow your stuff? Yeah, at GSunJW on Twitter is where you will find the best of me. Otherwise, check out autocake.com. I promise that I will cover things that matter and only things that matter. <laughs> All right. Well, best of luck to you guys, homies, whether you fade or follow us. Hopefully this conversation has helped make you sharper and can help make you some money. Uh, show me some love, the, the podcast some love on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever you subscribe, follow, and review podcasts. You can find Outkick Bets with me, Jeff Clark. Uh, for Grayson, this is the Outkick Bets Podcast. Peace. Peace.